How comforting to know that God's presence is with us in every circumstance in our life. From being thrown into a pit, sold and treated as a slave, to being elevated to second in command in the kingdom of Egypt, everything good in Joseph's life was connected to God's presence. Today, on Enjoying the Journey, Scott Pauley leads us through a study on the life of Joseph where we will learn how to live in the presence of God. Be sure to stay tuned after today's study to learn more about Scott's book on the life of Joseph entitled, The Lord Was With Joseph. Several years ago, they took a survey of university students across our country and asked them if they could be born at any time in history, when would they like to live? The answers were, were fascinating to me. Some wanted to live in the old Wild West, and others wanted to live in the Victorian era of England, and then some wanted to live in the roaring 20s of America. And the list went on and on and on. And I thought to myself, how like all of us that is to think that another time would be better than this time. As a general rule, I think that older people tend to live in the past and younger people tend to live in the future. Uh, but both make this mistake. We miss what God is doing right now. You, you can't live in the past and change the past, and you can't fast forward to the future. You, you don't get to pick your time. God picks your time. You think of this. There's some choices that you make, and then there are some choices that others make for you, and then there are the choices that God makes for you. Uh, you have uh, some control uh, over uh, the, the decisions others make, not entirely. You have lots of control over the choices you make, but you have no control over the choices God makes for you. But you have to believe that the choices God makes for you are perfect, and when God chooses a particular time for you to live, it's right on his timetable. And God's ways are higher than ours, and God's thoughts are higher than ours, and God's timetable is different than ours. We return in our study of the life of Joseph to Genesis 37, and we're talking about Joseph learning to see the Lord in his past. And we begin in verse 1 and verse 2 uh, to see the Lord in where he was born. Remember the land of Canaan, this land of, of promise and providence. Uh, right where he was, God was at work. Now let's pick up in verse 2 and read verse 2 and 3 today. These are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brethren. And the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and with the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives, and Joseph brought unto his father their evil report. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age, and he made him a coat of many colors. As a general rule, we run straight for the coat of many colors, and that's the, the thing we concentrate on. But let me point something else out to you today. Do you see the Lord not only in where this young man was born, but in when he was born? Now, this is very interesting. We were given his, his age in verse 2 as 17 years of age. So really, uh, this is where the story begins, at least uh, the, the details of his life at 17. I think that's wonderful uh, because it's a reminder that God's working in the lives of young people, that you don't have to wait till you're old to serve the Lord, to know God, to follow God. Uh, so if you're uh, working with young people, raising young people, love young people, uh, I would remind you, don't give up. Uh, keep investing in them. Keep pointing them towards the Lord. Keep teaching them that God is with them, that God has something definite for them. If you are a young person, take heart and hope in this. 
God wants to begin right now in the early stages of your life to bring you to himself and to use you all the days of your life. Don't waste your life. But when I say when he was born and when the story started, I'm not referring here to his age. I'm referring really to a couple things. First of all, notice in verse number two, these are difficult days because the Bible says Joseph had to bring to his father the evil report about his brothers. We don't know all the details of that, but obviously they weren't doing the right thing. You think of Joseph's favored life and, and uh, comfortable life and the coat of many colors, and somebody says, oh, he must have just had a wonderful upbringing. But I find it fascinating that the first mention of Joseph's life is connected to difficulty because that would be characteristic of his whole life. He was going to have his challenges, his struggles. We all do. Man that is born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. And here we have a young man who's trying to do the right thing, but he's surrounded by evil. Does that sound familiar to you? This is the world we're living in. You know, everybody's favorite verse to quote right now is this verse. And they always say it with a sigh. Well, you know, preacher, evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse. And I want to say, yes, that's exactly right. Read the next verse. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Uh, look, don't just look at the negative. Look Godward. Uh, see what God's people are supposed to do. And I, I'm so encouraged by this that though his brothers weren't doing the right thing, that becomes increasingly obvious in the story. Uh, though there was an evil report connected to those boys, and Joseph had to deal with that in his family, at that present moment, God was making Joseph into the man he could use for the rest of his life. And so even on difficult days, see the Lord. See the Lord in, in this season of your life. Let's not whine our way to the rapture. Let's not just spend our time talking about how difficult it is. You know, we're going to be pretty ashamed at the judgment seat of Christ when we stand next to the martyrs and talk about what a tough time we had. And no, my friend, instead, we ought to be practicing the presence of God and seeing the Lord on those difficult days. Then not only were they difficult days related to the brothers, but these were, were some, I would say, challenging days in the life of his father because the Bible says he was the son of his old age. There might be a temptation for Joseph to think, why did I have to be born when daddy was so old? Uh, why, why is my father so aged now? I'm thinking, trying to think like a young person. Put yourself in his sandals for just a moment. Uh, why am I on the, on the back end of this? And yet, what do we learn in this? God is always right on time. The Heavenly Father is always right on time. Remember that our God is a God of perfect timing. The Bible says concerning the coming of Christ, but when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. In the fullness of time, remember the eternal God holds time in the palm of his hand. He is never early and never late. He is always right on time. Maybe right now you're wondering, where is God in all of this? Well, perhaps your timetable is just different than his timetable. Uh, people want to talk about the second coming of Christ. Why has the Lord not yet returned? That answer is found in the Bible. God's long-suffering. He's giving people time to repent. When is the Lord going to return? It's not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own power. Uh, there's some things about life you can't understand on this side of eternity. You're going to have to wait to get on the other side of the veil 
to see the picture more clearly. But I'll tell you what you can do. Though you can't see all that God is doing in time, try to see the Lord in the time that you're living in. They called my grandfather's generation the greatest generation. And for right, rightful reasons. I mean, that was the World War II generation and people who sacrificed and courageously gave themselves to protect our liberty. I thank God for it. But I want to say to you, the greatest generation is now. No generation in history has had more opportunity or will have greater obligation than the generation that is alive at this moment. Imagine God chose us to live near the end of the story. Joseph was living near the end of the story in Jacob's life, near the end of the story of Genesis, near the end of the story of of this movement in, in Israel's history. I want you to know that you and I are living near the end of the church age, near the end of the story, and very soon we're going to see the Lord Jesus. And when we do, much of this is going to make much more sense. But until then, we must learn to see the Lord in our past and where we were allowed to live and when we were allowed to live. And by the grace of God, let's not miss our moment. Learn to live today and every day in the presence of God. Too many times we compartmentalize our faith to a single day of the week, often Sunday. But the Lord desires for us to live in His presence daily. And oh, what joy we find in the Lord's presence. You can learn more about living in God's presence by visiting enjoyingthejourney.org forward slash Joseph. There, you will find information about Scott's book entitled, The Lord Was With Joseph. You can download the free digital book, access the audio book, or purchase the hard copy version. We really believe that the Lord will use this book to help you learn how to live in God's presence. We look forward to having you with us next time on Enjoying the Journey.